Welcome to episode 19 of Shane Talks. Uh, if you know the stick of the show, every time the episode ends in the number 9, we go back to the year 1999. So this week, it's As the 99 Razzies Go By. We are going to talk about the Golden Raspberry Awards for the films that were released in 1999. And on this week's episode, joining Jason and I, we've got Ryan Smith, because this was basically the brainchild of him. Uh, Ryan was on 10 episodes ago doing the soundtracks in 99 with us. After that show was over, we sat around and chatted for a while more, throwing out some ideas. Uh, him and Jason, Jason and uh, Jay were throwing out potential ideas for future episodes. Uh, the next episode, episode 10, uh, was the top 10 lists that a bunch of people submitted that we went over. Uh, so Ryan threw out the idea that we should do bad movies. And we've done some other bad movie episodes, but uh, I kind of took his idea combined it with the Golden Raspberries, and then threw it out so we could talk about uh, the Golden Raspberries from my favorite year of film. Uh, so tonight, as always, Jason and I are drinking our Sun King beers that we uh, were graciously given. Tonight it is Cherry Busey, a uh, cherry sour that's aged with cherries on uh, in a wine barrel. Um, I think it's absolutely delicious. Uh, Jason, what's your opinion on it? Uh, I like it. The uh, how smooth it is, be probably because of being aged, uh, uh, aged in the wine barrels. It's probably because why it's so smooth. I don't care for whiskey barrel beers so much. Sure. Uh, so this is a nice change. Uh, the sour of it is really kind of nice and tart at the beginning with the cherry flavor. Afterwards, it kind of just dies down a little bit, and there's not much of an aftertaste. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. say that I love this beer, but okay. I like it. And if somebody asked me about it, I'd be like, "Yeah, you should try it, especially if you into if you're into sours." So we uh, we had previously talked about how it kind of uh, the back end of it's very weird. I like I, I agree with you. I really like the sour tart cherry up front, and then the the back half is just kind of like an odd flavor. I'm pretty sure it has something to do with the burgundy barrel that it's aged in. I don't really I'm not a wine connoisseur at all, so I don't know what a burgundy wine is supposed to taste like. But I assume that's the flavor that we're getting on the back end. Uh, so, Ryan Smith, what beer are you drinking this evening? I am uh, sticking within the whole uh, fruit and field uh, genre. Okay. And I'm drinking uh, Killer Robots by Blackacre Brewing Company of Irvington, uh, borough of Indianapolis. It is a ginger blackberry wheat ale. And for someone who's not really big on ginger, the whole flavor palette at all. Mm -hmm. like, this is actually really good and really refreshing. I'm looking forward to Thank trying you. it. I have not tried it yet. So your recommendation, I, I will be looking for it to get some. Cheers and cheers. Try yeah, it. cheers to that, guys. Let's have a good episode. Gentlemen. All right. So as uh, as we said, Jason and I are drinking Cherry Busey, obviously named after Gary Busey. So I went digging because I couldn't remember if Gary Busey had done any films in 1999. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna look at three of them. He actually had three films in 1999. I've never seen any of them. I've never heard of any of them, and I don't think anybody else <laughs> on the planet has either. So what um, you're saying is they probably should have been in the Razzies. They definitely so. should have been in the Razzies. Uh, the first one came out in April of 1999. <laughs> it was a Canadian film. Uh, it was called Jacob Tutu Meets the Hooded Fang. Uh, from what I could find online, it looks like a children's uh, movie. Not sure why they decided to put Gary Busey in a children's film. Um, <laughs> oddly, this Jacob Tutu character, there's been multiple like animated movies and like animated stuff, but like it looks completely like this was obviously a live action one. Um, but I'm assuming he's some kind of Canadian character that I've never heard of. 
Um, yeah. Oddly, the the rest of the cast for this uh, had Miranda Richardson, Ice T, Maury Chaykin, and an extremely young Allison Pill. So it had some big name people in it. Uh, on the IMDb, it has a 4.0 rating, so not the worst I've ever seen. Uh, and then on Rotten Tomatoes, there's no critic score, but there is a um, there is a audience score of 32. percent um, The next that, that movie uh, came out, it had one showing in April of '99 at uh, World Fest Houston. So a Canadian film had its film debut in Houston. And then it was released in Canada uh, in October of 99. Also in October of 99, uh, Gary Busey did a movie called No Tomorrow. Now, No Tomorrow should have been huge because it's got a large cast and was uh, directed by the rapper Master P, who is also <laughs> the star of the movie. Uh, uh, Pam Greer and Jeff Fahey are also in this movie. Oh, wow. The Give Lawnmower Man. Yeah, the lawnmower man and uh, uh, Jackie Brown. Yeah, like this should have been great. Uh, it w- it's a crime action thriller, which also holds a 4.0 on the IMDb. Uh, however, its audience score is only 25%. Uh, it does not have a uh, it does not have a uh, critics score at all. So we we've got. We've got that. Must have been ahead of its time. Of course, obviously. Like, Master <laughs> P, in general, was ahead of his time. Like, Absolutely. The world was not ready for his raps. Uh, finally, he had a third film, but it was only released in Turkey, Italy, and Germany in 1999. It did make a direct-to-video release in June of 2000 over here. Uh, the movie is called Two Shades of Blue. And of the three of them, this is the one that I attempted to find this week to watch, and it's not available anywhere. Like, nowhere <laughs> has this available to stream. Uh, it's literally a Basic Instinct ripoff. Um, although, like, it, it's weird because this uh, this is the movie that, when I read about it, I think I have actually heard of it because it's uh, Marley Matlin is in it, the, the deaf comedian. Um and I think I remember at one point, like, looking her up and, and reading about this movie. But Rachel Hunter is the main character, who is a novelist, who writes a novel about a, a woman who kills her rich husband. Um, and then it just so happens that Rachel Hunter's rich fiancé ends up dying the exact same way that the character in the book dies. And, yeah. It, uh, it looks like it... Uh, uh, Gary or Gary Busey and Eric Roberts is also in this movie. Oh man, you know this is this is comedy gold. It has to be. That's a, when I saw Busey and Eric Roberts four, in a movie. Four very 1990s names. Yep. Eric Roberts, Gary Busey, Rachel Hunter, yep. and Marley Matlin. Yep. Like four very 1990s stay in your lane like names and that is why i so badly wanted to try to find a way to watch it this week and i just it's nowhere available so i was really disappointed i would have watched it and had a great review for you guys uh there's no rotten tomatoes score at all for it there's there like there's literally no audience score or critic score because probably nobody's seen it since 2000 um like i want to i want to literally start going to like those secondhand dvd places and trying to see if i can find like the old dvd of it So I'll come back to everybody whenever I get my hands on that. Uh, It has a 3.5 rating on the IMDb. 
Score. So the lowest of his three films that were sort of released in 99. Uh, so all I can say is, thank God Sun King made a better beer than Gary Busey chose to make movies <laughs> that year. All right, so let's let's get to the real reason that, that we're uh, together tonight. That is the 20th Golden Raspberry Awards. These awards were held on March 25th of 2000 at a uh, Sheridan Hotel in Santa Monica. That's, uh, that's apparently <laughs> how big a venue that they needed for their awards. Um, the first Very award, that, glamorous. for sure. Well, I guess you got to think when no when no real celebrities ever show up to these, like they probably don't need the biggest venue to to host. Um, I am curious to know who shows up to these, but I I didn't look into that. Um, the the first category we are going to discuss is a category that had one nominee. They instantly won, and I don't really have an argument against it, and that was Will Smith's song, Wild Wild West, won the Golden Raspberry for the worst song of 1999. Jason, why is that face there? Do you love this song? No, come on. Like, does anybody love this song? No. Like, but come on. I have definitely heard a whole lot worse than Wild Wild West. Okay. This one had Drew Hill. Yep. This one had like I mean, this was like right at the peak of his powers, right after doing like a um, Rush Hour soundtrack and sure. like I mean, it, I, Cisco. Sorry, it had Cisco, not Drew Hill. Right, um, right. And um, but yeah, like it it it's fun. It's campy. It's literally like, come on, man, like. Warner Brothers said, let's hit repeat on Men in Black and yep. make up Western. Yep. That's all they did. And they were like, hey, Will, we need you to write the song. song. Drop mm -hmm. that beat, big bro. <laughs> we, need that money. we need that cash money from those record sales. Please. I know so many people who, who either bought this soundtrack or would listen, turn it up on the radio. It's definitely not the worst thing I've ever heard. But I will say... For movies that came out in '99, it might have the worst song Probably. of the year. <laughs> I was, Smith, you got anything to say about that? Do you like this song? No. No. Okay. Uh, children that were born before the year 2000, just know this, or born after the year 2000, just know this. Will Smith from 1997 until like well, early 2000s used other people's ideas, songs, you know, creative energy sure. to make hit for himself. So Well and and, yeah, and everybody did I was gonna say Puff Daddy did an entire album that was like that. And Will Smith was equally just as guilty for doing sure. the same damn thing. You're not wrong. But I believe that him and like Puff the... Daddy both made good albums. I was gonna say they they definitely like that was a thing at that point in time sure. right like the late 90s early 2000s sampling was a huge portion oh, yeah. of people's repertoire and i feel like i mean hell even eminem did it um uh to win an oscar for crying out loud mm -hmm. so it i mean it it it's got its perks i guess so. i won't say Puff daddy and will smith made good albums i'll say i'll say they made successful albums okay it wasn't creative it wasn't of their own like i just i i i can't think of anything from 99 that i would already like i mean uh cheryl crow did the the song on the big daddy soundtrack the cover from uh 
Sweet Child of Mine. Sweet Child of Mine. Uh, but Which I don't think that was bad. So many people like that one too. Yeah, I remember nine on the film soundtrack, but you had Orgy doing uh, the uh, New Order cover Blue Monday. I mean, oh, yeah. covers were big yeah. in '99. They definitely and were was big then too. I will say that. Well, and covers are big now too. I mean, like True. especially for like commercials and stuff to do like the the like slow down like like I don't like um, drop it down a few octave like slow version been, of yeah there's been a couple of trailers films. that have done that recently too yeah there's that commercial that does the slow down version of uh major lasers uh lean on where it's oh, like yep. focus fire a gun and yep. you know they make it like a softer happy version of it and it's like yeah uh all right so that was the worst song of the year i can't really argue it because i'm not a big fan at all uh the one thing i will say and it, it's gonna make me look terrible I didn't pay money for it, but we got promotional discs at the theater I was working at that had this song on it, and I definitely took one, uh, but I never paid money for it. All right, let's move on to the What's worst. Up, Ryan? Go ahead. Do you remember Will Smith, uh, Cool Mo D, and Stevie Wonder doing that song on the, I think, MTV um, Movie Awards? I don't. Where they performed it live? And everyone left except Stevie Wonder was still on the stage, and they left him out there by himself. Probably because nobody thought to walk him off the stage? Nobody thought to walk him off the stage. He was out there by his lonesome self and just chilling until someone... <laughs> came along? Came along and fell ashamed. Like, oh, yeah, we gotta get this dude off stage. Too funny. I'm gonna look up that video. Uh, so oh. we are gonna we are gonna move on to the worst screenplay now. We got five nominees: Big Daddy, uh, The Haunting, The Mod Squad, uh, Star Wars Episode One, and Wild Wild West. And it's no surprise at all. Well, first of all, Big Daddy should never be on this list. You're gonna hear me say that multiple times tonight. Big Daddy is one of my all-time favorite films, uh, especially of Adam <laughs> Sandler's. Uh, it's one of my favorite films from '99. I love it. I don't understand how it got any Razzies that year. That literally just had to be them being angry at Adam Sandler. Like, this, that movie's great. So I'm going to talk about Big Daddy a lot tonight. But for the worst screenplay, those five nominees, our winner was Wild Wild West. And I can't argue with that. Ding, 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 ding. They yeah. got it correct. They like, did. That <laughs> horrid piece of poop, man. Like, I I I really liked Will Smith at this point in time. Oh yeah, you got you got him on this high of Independence Day and or Bad Boys then Independence Day and then uh, he's following that up. Enemy with of the Men State, Black, Enemy of the State, and mm -hmm. then well, no, Enemy it wasn't it was Enemy it was of the State ninety eight. Okay. Yeah, it was ninety eight. So here he is, and he's the big hotness, right? Like he's the big Willie at this point in time. And yep. This movie is so far beyond, like, I seriously believe it might be one of the worst of all time. And um, uh, I didn't walk out of it, but I wasn't I too do... far away from doing so. Sure. Like, you know, I've, I've only walked out of like four or five movies ever in my life. And yeah, 
uh, this and Catwoman are definitely <laughs> high on my list of some of the worst movies of all time. Um, so. uh, what I was about to say was, oh my God, what was I about to say? Um, oh, Brad I was Smith, gonna, what you... no. What, what I was going to say is, I won't retell the entire story because it will take too long. But I will try to remember to post a a comment with a link. Uh, if you haven't heard Kevin Smith's story about working with John Peters on Superman Returns, uh, the stuff John Peters wanted Kevin Smith to put in Superman Returns, including a giant mechanical spider that John Peters wanted Kevin Smith to have Superman fight, I, I will post a link. It's about 10 minutes long of Kevin Smith telling the story about meeting with John Peters to talk about Superman and all of the stuff that John Peters said had to be in Superman ended up in Wild Wild West, which was produced by John Peters. So literally... I will watch that. <laughs> he, he, he wanted him to fight a polar bear at one point because he was, the Fortress of Solitude was, you know, in an Antarctic-type location. So he was like, yeah, just have him fight a, have him fight a polar bear because he's in the snow. Like... It, it's, it's about a 10-minute story that Kevin Smith tells, and it's phenomenal because the majority of the stuff that he wanted in uh, Superman ended up being in Wild Wild West. And it's just – it's it's too funny of a story, but I'm going to leave it at that. I will try to remember to post a link to it. Ryan Smith, do you think that was the worst written film of 99? I will say that I saw the trailer for Wild Wild West. Uh-huh. I refused to watch it. Oh, Okay. Unless Smart man. I am, thank you. Unless <laughs> I am captured and tortured for information where they show me Wild Wild West, I have zero interest in ever seeing it. Um, we'll get to this later, but uh, just so you're aware of Wild Wild West, Kevin Klein is nominated for Worst Supporting Actress in the movie, as oh, well I, I as Worst Supporting Actor. Oh, so, I, I read up on the actress part. <laughs> so yeah, we will get there shortly. We uh we are next after the worst screenplay. We're gonna go to the worst director. Again, I don't understand how Dennis Dugan is on here for Big Daddy. Again, I don't know anything else that Dennis Dugan has directed, so I don't think he's a great director. But I think Big Daddy's a good movie. It should not be on this list. The other movies on this list are The Haunting, End of Days. Uh, Star Wars Episode One, which I feel like got a lot of hate, and I don't really understand why. Uh, and then Wait. Wild Wild West, uh, Barry Sonnenfeld for Wild Wild West. So we had Jan DeBont for The Haunting, Dennis Dugan for Big Daddy, uh, Peter Hines for End of Days, George Lucas, obviously, for Episode One, and then Barry Sonnenfeld for Wild Wild West. And you guys guessed it, Barry Sonnenfeld won for Wild Wild West. So, Shane... Yeah, what's up, man? Dennis Dugan also directed uh -huh. some of your favorites. Oh, okay. Problem Child. I like that movie. Uh, he did a bunch of TV. Then okay. he did Happy Gilmore. I do enjoy Happy Gilmore. Beverly Hills Ninja. I enjoy that. Saving Silverman, National Security. Okay, those are pretty uh, bad. Um more TV, The Benchwarmers. Ooh, with, that was uh, terrible. Rob Schneider. Uh, David Spade, I, never I saw it. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Which I, I liked. Saw. I liked more than I thought I would. I went in with a really negative attitude, and I ended up liking it. 
Yeah, don't mess with the Zohan. Oh, oh. God. No. With, uh, with Adam Sandler's painted on six pack abs. Yeah. I'll... If those were real, dude, I I I I need to figure out how he got to that I, point. Painted uh, on his. Then he also did. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Grown ups. Okay. Just go with it. Jack and Jill, grown ups too. Yeah. Can I please point out real quick that this is not a resume, but more rather a rap sheet. <laughs> Yeah, there's some good stuff in there, but there's a lot of bad stuff too. So Jack and Jill, we know he won for that one. Oh, he had to. He had to have won a Razzie. Yeah, I think Jack and Jill won a lot of Razzies. Oh, oh do you not know? No, I, I don't. The worst actor for Jack and Jill was Adam Sandler, and the, the worst, worst actress for yep. Jack and Jill was also Adam Sandler. I do remember he that. Deserved it for that movie. Come yeah, on. that movie was. I, I didn't even. I didn't even watch it because it was not. It didn't even look interesting. And then to hear everybody talk about it after it came out, I was I was beyond disappointed with that. Like, not that I had any expectations for it, but that was a complete waste of my time. I am angry about my time with that. Yeah. So yeah, Barry Sonnenfeld won for Wild Wild West, which is no surprise because, as we talked about a minute ago, the movie is complete garbage. There is. Not much redeeming factors in in Wild Wild West. All right, so now we are... Go ahead. I used to buy all DVDs. Mm -hmm. I never owned Wild Wild West. And I own some really shitty movies. I don't believe I ever bought it either. Um, our, Our next category that we are going to have is the worst screen couple. Um, Here we have Sean Connery and Catherine Zeta-Jones for Entrapment. And um, and then Catherine Zeta-Jones gets nominated again with Lily Tomlin, not Lily Tomlin, uh, Lily Taylor for The Haunting. And then we have uh, Anakin and Padme in episode one. Uh, the weirdest couple that's nominated is uh, Will Smith and Kevin Kline for Wild Wild West. Um, and then the final one deserves, deserves to be on here because she is the worst Bond girl ever is uh, Pierce Brosnan and uh, Denise Richards uh for uh whatever that was the world is not enough uh and you guessed it three for three wild wild west one for will smith and kevin klein being the worst on-screen couple um the apparently world, this episode's not even 99 razzies this is like <laughs> wild wild west and like yeah. that's all we're gonna talk about apparently. Uh, yeah i believe they won six razzies in this year so there's a couple more coming up uh, the Razzies do have a running theme of really hammering down, slamming on certain movies, actors and actresses, though. That is true. Uh, that is beyond true. So yeah, so as of now, we're three for three with Wild Wild West, and um, I'm not really upset about it. I can't argue. Like I don't know, Jason, you looked upset about Sean Connery being on this list. Dude, come on! Like, like Entrapment is not a good movie, not a great movie. Yeah, it's fine. It's enjoyable. Yeah, but yeah, like. How can you ever include Sean Connery on a list of like best couple, like worst couples on screen? Come on, sure. that dude, just he could be on screen by himself and be considered the best duo of all time. Like he's just he's just <laughs> that. Cool. Here is the here is the really odd part about this. So for this episode, I put up a couple of polls on the Shane Talks uh, Facebook page. I asked uh, the Shane Talks people what they thought the worst couple of of 1999 was. And their answer was Jake Lloyd and Natalie Portman for The Phantom Menace. 
Come on, like, you know why, though? Because, like, everybody who's a fan has this, like, sour taste in their mouth. No offense, Cherry Busey. Um, <laughs> from, from, <laughs> sorry, Ryan. Um, from just the fandom being pulled out from underneath them with the Star Wars. Probably. So this hatred towards episode one is is a lingering thing that's not going anywhere. Because people just would rather hate on it more so than not hate on it. I, and, I agree with and, that. And come on. And, and all the people who did answer on Shane Talks, are you really serious? Come on. Out of those two compared to freaking Will Smith and uh, Kevin well, Klein, you know why they didn't vote that way? It's because they don't remember the fucking movie. <laughs> I won't argue that. But just so you know, second place was Pierce Brosnan and Denise Richards. Well, and I can understand that. At least that's mm-hmm. second place. Like, it, I, yeah. and it could even be first. But like Jake Lloyd and Natalie Portman, people just hate on it because it's the the hip thing to do. So. I, I I won't argue that. I, I believe I believe that movie gets a lot more hate than it deserves, especially when we get to worst supporting actor. But let's do worst supporting I, actress first. Wait, Ryan. Yep. Go ahead, Ryan. I was about I was about to say that my dad and his brothers are really big Bond film fans. Yeah. And there's this constant debate on who's the worst Bond girl, and it's between uh, Denise Richards and Jill St. John back from like early seventies. Oh, okay. I yeah. feel like I, I remember that name from when we had uh, Brandon on going through all the Bond girls and whatnot. Uh, I can't remember what Bond he had to say. Uh, we kind of did with the, I mean, we talked about James Bond for four and a half hours. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of Bond girls talked about in there. I, I was more judging them physically while, uh, Brandon was telling me why they actually weren't good Bond girls, but it is what it is. <laughs> so the worst supporting actress category, we have Sofia Coppola, uh, who was in, uh, episode one. Bond. Oh. Star Wars. She Sophia was Sachi. Sophia Coppola was the fake queen. Like she was the fake Amidala. Remember when Amidala was like not Amidala, and she was like Amidala's sidekick. The I fake that was Amidala. Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley was one of the other like one of the other like sidekick like like handmade girls or whatever the, whatever huh? they were. Yeah, no. Sophia Coppola played the fake uh, the fake uh, Padme or Amidala. Sorry. Okay. So yeah, Kira Knightley was one of the other ones that was hanging out in like the red robes with uh, uh, Natalie Portman. Uh, Selma Hayek got a double nomination this year. She was in Dogma, which she was amazing in. So I don't understand this nomination, uh, but she was in Wild Wild West, which was garbage. Um, and then yeah, how do you how do you say amazing? I felt like like she was just Selma Hayek in that movie. Like well, and like. Wrong. like I like Dogma a lot, but yeah. like, yeah, that she's she's just kind she of there. A breakout actress in the movie. What was that? She was not a breakout role in the movie by any means. No, yeah. but she was a hot stripper in the movie. Now, granted, she wasn't as hot as she was in From Dusk Till Dawn, but I mean, yeah, but, but but a hot stripper does not a good actor make. No, but she acted the part very well. <laughs> But wow, she did not. Moment. She did not act well in Wild Wild West. Uh, she was up against her castmate Kevin Kline, who is also considered uh, one of the worst supporting actresses of this year. And then, then well, so we have Denise Richards also for The World Is Not Enough. The last nominee in this category kind of bothers me. Like I don't understand 
it might be because I like the movie, but I don't understand why um, Juliette Lewis got it for the other sister. Like, I, I actually like the movie The Other Sister, and I, I, I don't... She, she was playing a mentally handicapped character, which I don't know if 1999 just wasn't ready for that. But, like, I don't think there was anything wrong with her performance in that movie. You never go full retard. <laughs> First of all, Leonardo DiCaprio, What's Eating Gilbert Grape. You can go full on. <laughs> you do really well at it. Sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm just quoting the movie. Uh, uh, um, I get oh, God, what's the name of that one? Um, the other sister? No, no, no. No, uh, I know what you're talking about. It... Tropic Thunder. Tropic there you Thunder. go. Thank you. You never go full retard. Sorry. But so, like, I just, I don't, that nomination bothers me because I don't feel like Julia Lewis was bad in the movie. I don't understand, like, maybe 1999 wasn't ready for a character like that. Like, I don't know, like, it bothers me that she's included, but it doesn't matter because she didn't win. And bizarrely, neither of the people from Wild Wild West won this category. Our favorite nuclear physicist of 1999, Denise who Richards, twice. who came twice, uh, won for Worst Supporting Actress. Which deservingly so, very much deservingly so, but still at the same time, like Wild Wild West is that bad. Like it, it didn't, it did, it didn't get. It had two nominations and and struck out. I don't know about that. When you uh, have Denise Richards to play a nuclear physicist, you get what you paid for. That is, that's a fact, and she was terrible in the movie. Yeah, they were paying for the boobs, man. Like yeah. that's all they were paying for. Well, and, like, let's see, uh, yeah, that would have been after uh, Wild Things, so, like, that's what everybody who went to see that movie was paying for. Uh, yeah, so, blah. Next category is the Worst Supporting Actor in 1999. Uh, we had Ahmad Best for Episode 1. We had Kenneth Branagh for Wild Wild West. So, literally, Wild Wild West has basically been nominated in every category so far. Uh, yep, it's been nominated in every category. Uh, Gabriel Byrne got the double nomination, and this is still something from 1999 that I love. The fact that in Stigmata, he plays a priest, and in End of Days, he plays the devil. I still love the fact those two movies came out the same year for him. He was nominated uh, jointly for them as Worst Supporting Actor. Uh, Jake Lloyd got the nominee for uh, Episode 1 also, so we got two Episode 1s in here. And then kind of... Out of left field, Rob Schneider gets nominated for Big Daddy. And while, like, he's one of the weaker parts of Big Daddy, he still has funny lines, and he's Rob yeah, Schneider. I, I definitely... bag. But I, you have to look at it, like Ryan pointed out, like, this is something with the Razzies that they yeah. do, right? Like, they pick one... They're picking, like, three or four movies that every single time is going to be nominated. Yeah. Obviously, somebody hated Big Daddy when they went to go see it. Um, which, I don't think that that hate is justified, personally. Not at all. Like, but, um... So, in this category, Wild Wild West didn't win. Ahmad Best ended up winning. And that... That, again, just doesn't... Like, that rubs me the wrong way. Like, I understand Dude. people hated Jar Jar, but, Everybody like... Jar Jar. And, I mean, I, in a way, hate Jar Jar, but, like, over time, as I've grown up and realized that Jar Jar wasn't written for me, 
Jar Jar was written for, like, kids that were 10 years old at the time that episode one came out. I've, 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 I've come to terms and come to peace with Jar Jar, and I don't hate him like I used to. If you talked to me 20 years ago, I would not have anything good to say about Jar Jar. But it's, it's a character I've come to accept. Ryan, Ryan, you look like you were waiting to yeah. say something. What you got? Imagine how much less hate episode one would have gotten if Jar Jar Binks were not a part of it. Because he was the main, like, battleship that everyone focused and honed in on. Well, and then the problem with Jar Jar was Lucas <laughs> attempted over time to actually make him an important character. Like, he literally starts the Clone Wars. Like, he starts them because he's influenced by Palpatine to start them, but, like, that's such a subtle part of Episode 2 that most people don't even realize it happened. And then, like, there needed to be an ultimate betrayal between Anakin and Jar Jar. Like, they needed to... Ha they, they had an okay build-up in Episode 1. There should have been some more... There should have been some type of scene between them in Episode 2. And then he literally should have killed Jar Jar in Episode 3. Like, that should have been one of it, like, it w I know he went and killed a bunch of younglings, and that's bad, but for him to kill somebody that, like, goes back two movies that he met when he was a kid, that, like, Jar Jar was written for a ten-year-old like Anakin was at that point, like, there needed, Ana er, Jar Jar deserved a better overall arc between the movies, it needed, it needed to be more obvious that Jar Jar started the Clone Wars, it was just, it was so subtly done that I don't feel like a lot of people realize that that's what happened. Um, Jar Jar was problematic on a lot of levels. Sure. Well, and, it, and I'll chalk like it up to bad writing by Lucas. It'd be even more so problematic as well. Yeah. Jason, do you still hate Jar Jar? I don't, man. I never hated Jar Jar. Okay. Like, I I even wrote into Cinescape, like the old magazine. Yeah. Had, like had a had had a copy of the magazine where it talked about like they you know they published my comment which was oh I'm not sure why everybody hated jar jar uh i want to say it was i'm not sure why everybody hated jar jar i'm hoping that they make him better in the next couple of movies uh and um but something along those lines i was like keep him in the keep him in the saga or something along those lines gotcha. and and yeah, dude, like, never had a problem with Jar Jar. I think he's an interesting per uh, character for the most part. He's a little bit way too slapstick. You could have dialed that down some, and he would have it would have worked a whole lot better. But sure, you know, it is what it, was, it is. It was George. annoying that a lot of the good that he did in the movie was because he like tripped over something, or like oh, he yeah. couldn't he couldn't have just done something in an accidental way that was like logical like it had to be a very bad accidental way that he and it's you know like and inspector you gadget, like inspector gadget was like slapstick heroics you know how is inspector gadget never mentioned in like i didn't even think about that, that was a 99 release like that movie was terrible oh, like was how it was really that? yeah it was a 99 release yeah oh. uh i yeah i can't believe it didn't make any of this stuff because yeah inspector gadget was god awful they were watching um, and too. Yeah. So yeah, I don't really I don't really feel like Ahmad Best deserved this. I feel like I don't know, Kenneth Branagh should have got it for Wild Wild West, because I just don't like that movie at all. Um, we are gonna now move on to the worst actress category. In the worst actress, we got uh Heather Donahue for the Blair Witch Project, which is kind of interesting because this is like the only time Blair Witch gets mentioned, so I don't know. 
I don't know why like they pinpointed worst actress as the category they were going to talk about Blair Witch. Um, Melanie Griffith for Crazy in Alabama, which is a terrible movie. Um, Mila Jovovich for uh, The Messenger, the story of Joan of Arc. Also a complete waste of time. Um, Sharon Stone in Gloria. I know I saw it, but I literally don't remember it. Uh, I don't remember anything about the movie. Uh, and then Catherine Zeta-Jones got the double nominee because of Entrapment and The Haunting. And the winner was uh, Heather Donahue for uh, The Blair Witch Project, which I'm really... Which, Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, you can understand it, right? Because, like, throughout the whole, like, 80-minute movie, all she's doing is, like, screaming for the most part. I guess so. Like, and don't get me wrong, like, she... It's... it's, it's if if you're doing the found footage thing, then like it could be justified. You might know somebody who's that hysterical, sure. who just never shuts up. Uh, but for the most part, like, I, I, yeah, I've got no problems, Ryan. I mean, no, but like, real quick, Ryan, let me let me say something. My problem with it is, it was the first of its kind to do a found footage type thing, so it's supposed to be like raw emotion that you're seeing. And if she's that terrified in the movie. Like what? What? What does what does Jamie Lee Curtis do every time she's being chased by a killer? She screams. She's frantic. She's hysterical. And if the the concept of Blair Witch was that's how these characters are for ninety minutes, like it 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 didn't bother me that she was screaming a lot or she was yelling a lot. Like it didn't bother me at all either. Yeah, like it, it's supposed to be something original and something different. And so, like, I feel like they were hating on the fact that, like, yes, I mean, don't get me wrong, she screams a lot, she yells. It on 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 subsequent viewings, it's it's a lot more annoying. I won't argue that. But like, the first time I watched that movie, like, I felt the emotion in in her in her screaming and always being frantic. Like, yeah. that's what that movie was supposed to be. Ryan, what were you gonna say? You know, us being men of a certain age, sure. Um, Blair Witch Project was such like a time capsule kind of movie. I mean, like like Jason said, it was the first of its kind. Yep. Um, I mean the the promotion leading up to it, and then you go into this, the theater and watching it, and they're really not having any like resolution on like mm -hmm. how things actually ended or like is everyone okay. Um, Blair Witch Project was. It was the first of its kind, really. Yep. And I remember um, going to see it with, uh, like, I graduated high school that year, and I remember seeing with my, um, you know, my good friend Stephanie, and oh. we walked out of the theater. We saw the Late Show and walked out of the parking lot, and we were like the last people there, like, just kind of like, all right, well, I guess it's dark, and we're gonna calmly <laughs> walk to our cars now. It's kind of an unknown, easy moment. Yeah, but, Jason, why, why don't you talk about what you guys did at cast? I'm sorry, what? Oh, I was going to say, I, I I apologize. I didn't know that you weren't done. I was going to have Jason tell the story of what they did to people at Castleton Arts when they were leaving. But go ahead and finish up first. Um, I will say that my friend Stephanie has always uh, said the best critique about that movie was that these people are film students. Why can't they hold a camera straight? She got um, a little nauseous watching the movie. That makes a lot of sense. I honestly never thought about it that way. Yeah. Uh, Jason, uh, why don't you tell the story about what, what you guys did at Castles and Arts to people as they were leaving? Although I am interested. Ryan, do you remember where you watched 
Blair Witch? Yes, it was in uh, Muncie, what used to be the Dollar Cinema, but I don't know what they called it afterward. It was off Bethel Avenue. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, we when I I was working at Castleton when this came out, and we used to um, we used to do a um, bundle of sticks, like they had mm. in the movie, where it was all like um, horizontal sticks wrapped with a piece of uh, flannel shirt, and inside in the movie, there inside there's like pieces of like I want to say teeth. Or there yeah, were like so, yeah. hair and stuff. It was some crazy stuff inside. So we used to do a uh, a bundle of sticks and put it directly on the uh, trash cans that you had to walk past when you were leaving uh, that auditorium. And uh, the funny part was where people would steal the sticks. Like it's <laughs> just a bundle of sticks that we made ourselves. So we never anticipated that happening. So we had to we kept <laughs> we kept we making to make them. them. And after like the third or fourth time, we were just like, "Never mind, we're done. We're done making these because <laughs> you guys keep just stealing them." And then we also did the uh, the Blair Witch like twig um, uh, dolls or whatever, mm-hmm. the wooden dolls that hang from yeah. the trees. We hung those outside on the trees, just outside the exit doors that almost everybody used, so that when you walked out, if you paid attention at all, like. They were all hanging right there when you were leaving, so it was I a lot of fun. And those ended up missing quite a quite often too. But yeah. <laughs> we were filming consternate. Yep. At at a point in time, while the at least one of them was still hanging, and if you're watching consternate closely enough, you can see when Amber leaves the exit door. At one point, she like smacks one to get it out of the way while she's walking. Yep. And uh, so yeah, just a little bit of film lore. That's always going to be a part of Shane Nye's first movie. So. Yeah, I love that. Uh, so this was one of the other polls that I put up on Shane Talks, and Heather Donahue also won that one. Um, Sharon Stone came in second. Um, so yeah, Heather Donahue obviously was not very well liked uh, for her uh, Blair Witch moment. But at the same time, the other thing about the Blair Witch that Jason and I have to remember is we saw it three months before anybody else did. And so it had it. We we had no idea the hoopla that it was going to become. It was literally just we're gonna go watch this creepy movie. There was ten of us in the auditorium, and it scared the hell out of all ten of us. Fast forward three months, and there's been all this media hype, and like the actors weren't allowed to give interviews to try to build up the mystique that they actually died, like that it was an actual found footage movie. Uh, when we watched it, we had none of that buildup. We were just like, what the fuck did we just watch? Um, so as it got built up, I understand why a lot of people down the road didn't didn't have the same respect for it that we did, seeing it with no media hype around the movie. Which is funny because how they filmed and uh, released it and did what they did with the actors mm-hmm. is what they do with a lot of modern-day reality shows, too. And oh, competitions. sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was very much a predecessor of, like, how to do this sort of thing and get away with it. Yeah. For sure. Our next category is the worst actor. And this is where I get angry. Because, okay, maybe maybe you don't like the directing in Big Daddy. Or maybe you don't like, you know, something else in Big Maybe you don't like, you don't like um, uh, uh, Rob Schneider's character in Big Daddy. But how, 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 how could anybody 
anybody think that Sonny Koufax deserves to be on a worst actor list? Like, Sonny is hilarious. He has great chemistry with the kid. He has great chemistry with Jon Stewart. He has great chemistry with uh, um, the blonde whose name is uh, slipping out of my head right now. Um, oh my god, I can't remember her name. He has great chemistry with her, though. He's got great chemistry with Joey Lauren Adams. Uh, it's... It's what's his name's wife, the forty-year-old virgin director's wife, um, uh, Leslie oh. Leslie Mann. Leslie Mann. Yes. There we go. Uh, he's got great chemistry with everybody in this movie. He does a great job in this movie. I cry every time I watch the courtroom scene at the end of this movie because he just hits it like he nails that scene. Adam Sandler should never have even been considered for a worst actor in 1999. That's a garbage nomination, and I don't I don't approve of it at all. Kevin so, Costner, so what? So what? What? So, Shane, do you think that this could have anything to do with your love of Peter Pan syndrome uh, problem, uh, Peter Pan syndrome characters in movies? Do you think perhaps you might be a little bit rose-colored glasses on this one? I mean, did you really did you really watch Big Daddy and go, man, that was a terrible performance by Adam Sandler? No, no, no. No, you didn't. No. So I'm not saying you're wrong. All I'm saying is you can't tell me that Adam Sandler was bad in Big Daddy. Hey, but I like the movie. Exactly. Yeah, as don't. everybody should. Who doesn't like Big Daddy? It's a, it is a heartfelt tale about a man learning to grow up by raising a child. Again, the Peter Pan syndrome thing for you is on a different par. It's just like anything that's uh, told non-linear or has to do with time travel. There I are know Shane there automatic are... It, you automatically Peter Pan syndrome, non-linear or time travel automatically gets three on the movie, no matter what, out of five. Yeah. And then like it has the potential to go all the way to five. But it's definitely a three no matter what if you do any of those three things. I can't I can't argue any of that. I won't argue any of that. Uh, so, aside from that terrible nomination in this category, uh, we did have Kevin Costner get a double nomination for For Love of the Game and Message in a Bottle, which I don't Love understand. Love of the Game is not justified. Personally. No, I, li I like both of those movies. I don't think either one of them were a terrible performance. Uh, Kevin Kline gets it for Wild Wild West, as he should. Um, our buddy Schwarzenegger gets nominated here for End of Days, which... I don't necessarily like End of Days, but I don't really think... I mean, he was being Arnold. Like, I didn't expect anything else from him. He tried to stretch those acting muscles a little bit in that movie. Maybe Especially like near the end. He got signed on to do the national anthem at a football game, and people panned it. And I was like, that was just Steven Tyler giving you Steven Tyler's version of the national anthem. What did you honestly expect? Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, like, I mean, it's I, not Fergie. <laughs> uh so the schwarzenegger nomination i'm kind of like eh, about like i i got what i wanted from him it wasn't like sixth day where i absolutely hated him in sixth day um but i don't know about this uh and then uh another double double nomination in this category which i know upset some people on the shane talks poll robin williams for bicentennial man and jacob the liar which i do agree both of those movies are terrible won't disagree with you on that at all. And so, my opinion, if you put out two terrible movies in a year, 
you definitely deserve to win. And Adam Sandler should not have won this thing. Like, again, I don't get it. Of all the crap that I just told you about, Wild Wild West and End of Days and then Bicentennial Man and Jacob the Liar, how, how, how does anybody think that Adam Sandler actually deserved to, to be called the worst actor of 1999? Like, I don't, it boggles my mind and upsets me. Probably I because I like the movie. Go ahead. I have a question, yeah. but, you know, only because I did not research it. Sure. Who are the people that vote on the Razzie Awards? Dude, I'm sure it's, like, one guy who gets angry. Like, I don't, like, I, I literally don't know. I should have looked that up also for this episode, and I didn't. I don't know who's in charge of the Razzies. But it's probably one dude who just, like, gets butt hurt. Like, Adam Sandler probably didn't shake his hand at a party that year or something, so he decided to go after him. Or he nailed his girlfriend, whichever yeah. happens. Yeah, like I just Hollywood's a fickle place, but like I just there's absolutely no way that you can honestly tell me at all ever that Adam Sandler's performance in Big Daddy was the worst actor of 1999, especially when he's up against like. Here's my other thing: how is it? How is it that the Razzies hate Wild Wild West so much? But Will Smith doesn't get nominated for the worst actor. They give it to Kevin. They give the nomination to Kevin Klein instead. Like I hated Will Smith's character in Wild Wild West. I hated Kevin Klein's character in Wild Wild West. You're gonna hate on Wild Wild West for everything else. How how does Adam Sandler in any way in such a good movie that is extremely funny and heartfelt in the end? How does that get this nomination? Just. Really upsets Andy me. Dick is running the Golden Razzies. <laughs> and here's 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 my only redeeming factor about this stupidity. When I put the poll out on Shane Talks, Kevin Klein ran away with with the winning votes, uh, like far superior than Schwarzenegger got, and Adam Sandler got zero votes for the worst actor in 1999. So thank God that at least the Shane Talks people understand that that movie is great. But in 2000, uh, the Razzies uh, called out Little Nicky, so heads up. Well, okay. I don't like Little Nicky as much, so he definitely deserved it for that one. My, 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 ugh, here's my problem with Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler as Adam Sandler is phenomenal. Adam Sandler, when he does stupid voices, liking Little Nicky, and, like, the water boy is, is on the edge. Like, I don't, I like the water boy, but I don't love the water boy. It's very, yeah. But when Adam Sandler does these stupid voices, I tend to hate the, don't mess with the Zohan. Stupid accent, stupid movie. And it makes me sad because I'm actually really excited for the Hubie Halloween movie he's doing with Netflix. It looks like a great movie, but again, he's doing a stupid accent that just makes me not as excited. I'm going to watch it. It's Adam Sandler. I watch everything he does. I'm a big fan of his. But... As as good as the movie looks, I'm not happy about him doing that stupid accent again. Don't mess Adam with the Zohan Peaked that canteen boy. That was his peak. At stupid voices. <laughs> yeah. What were you? What were you saying about Waterboy? Uh, no. Uh, don't mess with the Zohan. Oh, had Emmanuel Cherokee in it, and like that. That almost makes the movie worth watching. Uh, maybe a second or third time. But uh, yeah. No, it does. It doesn't. No, but it almost that, does. No, that movie is so god awful. Yeah, 
Sloan is so <laughs> gorgeous. Ah, I like the fact that we call her Sloan because that's what everybody knows her from. Yep. All right. Uh, so thank God uh, in the Shane Toss hole, Kevin Klein was actually the person who deserved that award, and he got it for the Shane Talks people. Worst picture of 1999. Somehow Big Daddy was nominated in this category. Thank God it didn't win. The Blair Witch Project was nominated. Uh, the Haunting was nominated. Star Wars Episode One was undeservingly in this category. There was a lot worse movies than that that year. And Wild Wild West. And we've probably spoiled it with our hate for Wild Wild West, but it definitely won the worst picture of 1999. And that's no surprise to anybody, because that movie was god-awful. And the problem was, not only was it god-awful, I'm pretty sure it was a blockbuster that summer. I'm pretty sure it made like $200 million. I think you're right. Like, the fact that people paid money to go watch this insanely terrible piece of poop just baffles my mind. But uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was a pretty big blockbuster, and it was it was garbage. It was... It, Ryan Smith, can I don't you think, think it was, that? like, blockbuster status, but I think it definitely made some money. Let's... I'll look that up. Look, 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 that, look that up while I ask Ryan Smith. Did you hate any more movie in 1999? So, we know you didn't see Wild Wild West. Of the stuff you did see that you can think of, is there anything you hated? Anything that we've talked about tonight that you hated? Mm -hmm. No. No? Okay. Alright. Um, but Wild Wild West definitely wanted to be like blockbuster stats, like releasing it this time of the year, we got these stars in it. Yeah, it was, a July, it was a July 4th release because uh, obviously yeah. they thought it's that kind of, Will Smith uh, made... song to it. And yep. just, yeah. Will Smith is a July 4th like blockbuster actor. You were right about the catchy song like Ben in Black a couple of years earlier. The 2000s like, were his era as far as July 4th uh, blockbuster release. Exactly. Right. All right. What, yeah. What's up? What's the numbers? It, it was a July. It was a June thirtieth release, right was, ahead of July fourth. Right. Because that was Will Smith's uh, bread and butter at that point in time. Uh, and you, we were wrong. It was oh. nowhere. It was definitely a box office bomb. Oh, uh, interesting. I remember being really busy when I worked for that. The oh, we were busy probably only for the first weekend though. Okay. So, uh, okay, the budget was 170 million dollars. Oh my god, a hundred of it was Will Smith. Uh, not only that, but it domestically grossed on opening weekend. Does anybody care to guess? Uh, let's see, 99. I was oh, 65 million dollars, right? I'll go 52. You guys are both incredibly, incredibly overshooting this. $27.6 million oh, on opening wow. weekend. This might have been wow. the beginning of the death of July 4th. Because um, we are wow. nowhere near as busy on July 4th as we used to be uh, as a movie theater company. And uh, But yeah, so worldwide gross was $222 million. And okay. domestic gross uh, was only 113 million on this budgeted movie of 170. Okay, so uh, wow. yeah, that producer 
who had to have his giant mechanical spider. John Peters uh, totally screwed this. Totally screwed this movie up. So that is crazy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that did a lot worse than I thought. So yeah, he turned down the lead in the Matrix to be in this movie. Will Smith did. Yeah, that's insane. That oof. That I I don't even understand that. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, so the great news is the Shane Talks poll, uh, he, Wild Wild West, obliterated all the other competition. Uh, only two other movies got votes, The Haunting and uh, Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. Big Daddy, again, zero votes because people know it's a great movie. Uh, and The Blitter Witch Project got zero votes on the Shane Talks poll also. Wait, 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 wait. Really? Nah, come on, man. People, people heard that. Divide, watch your step with my legs and get a hold of your sides. Follow your pride. Don't let your lip react. You don't want to see my hand with my hip be at with all this. All right, sorry. No, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, so terrible. <laughs> all right. Uh, so we here's... don't need to ride through it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's we'll why I only played a small bit. We'll see what YouTube says about us playing that clip. Uh, I've heard they're I, not I, very uh, nice. I, sam- I sampled that. Yeah, there you well. go. <laughs> uh, so here's, here's, here's my thing about the Razzies from 99. I feel like they missed a lot of really bad movies. So I came up with a list of a couple of other bad movies that got no nominations at all. Not for worst actor, not for worst script, not for worst pieces of garbage that were a complete waste of my time. Uh, So I'm going to throw out a couple of movies for you guys to tell me if you think they should have been up for some Razzies. And the first one I've got is Simon Says. (laughs) The, The Dennis Rodman, Dane Cook action thriller movie that has a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's not Dane Cook, is it? Dane Cook's his sidekick in that movie. It's it's what? Dennis Rodman and Dane Cook. Uh, oh, it has wow. It has a 17% audience score, so it is not a very well-liked movie. I've seen it. I enjoy it, but I enjoy it for how bad it is. I don't... I, it's not a good movie. I don't want anybody to think I'm saying it's a good movie. I do enjoy it in the way that I enjoy bad action movies. It was triple X. It was literally triple X two years before triple X was triple X. It was uh, Dennis Rodman trying to be like the, the extreme sports, like action spy guy. And like the world just wanted, maybe, maybe people don't like uh, uh, Dennis Rodman as much as they like Vin Diesel, but they obviously weren't ready for it. Or maybe it was Dane Cook that ruined the movie. I don't know. I find him funny. Uh, I think he made his his jokey interactions with Dane Cook are enjoyable, as terribly written as they are. Uh, but yeah, I feel like this should have deserved some nominations for anything. So neither of you guys have seen it. I have not. Watch it, man. Watch it. I've never seen it, but I view it as like so. I one of my guilty pleasure watches is uh, the Long Kiss Goodnight. Oh, that's and a great I movie. I love Gina Davis, but that movie suffered from like bad scripting and bad acting. And so I feel like this is like it's like crappy little like you know predecessor. Well, and that was like that was like somebody had read the Jason Bourne novels and decided they wanted to do it with a female character because she yeah. she very it's a very similar plot line to like the the Jason Bourne novels. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, on top of Simon Says, my next one I've got is the Jamie Lee Curtis piece of garbage that was Virus. Uh, 
Virus! Virus! Yeah, virus has... As Manuel Vialta used to say to us, it's virus! Virus! Did you ever watch it, Jason? <laughs> I watched it. I actually paid to see this, I think. What? I want to say we didn't get it at Clearwater. We did. We I went... watched it at Clearwater, the employee screening. Maybe we just went to a different theater because we could go to a different theater. Maybe okay. I didn't pay for it. Um, but I went to see it at UA. Okay. Um, and I went with Manuel Vialta and my brother David. And uh, and and it was bad. It was so bad. That's weird. Like I mean, that that's maybe, I'm wondering if it was something that we didn't get it right away or something. But I know I didn't pay for it, and I watched it at Clearwater. Yeah, so, I, I'm I'm wondering if maybe they got a maybe I went to a screening early. Oh or sure. If maybe it might have been a it might have been a trade screening. Um, I don't I don't know. All I can tell you is I don't remember. I remember seeing it at UA, and I remember being with Dave and Manuel. Um, but it could have very well been a trade screening. So yeah. So uh, Ryan, I know you and I talked about this before we started recording. Uh, it's it's this really bad space sci-fi movie where like electricity ends up becoming like intelligent, so it like brings robots to life and stuff. Like it's it's absolutely terrible. I've only ever seen it once, so I apologize that my description isn't that great. But like it was terrible like electricity was essentially the bad guy of the but it was an alien creature that traveled through electricity like it was it was god awful how that got no nominations i don't understand how that got no nominations for worst script or as much as i love jamie lee curtis she was terrible in that movie uh the next up that i have and i know uh, here's where ryan smith and i start our argument because i know that he likes Jawbreaker. And I know that I hate Jawbreaker. Dude, Julie Benz alone. Is the whole cast. Rose McGowan. Like, it has the yeah, hottest cast ever. And the movie is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Ryan, explain to me. Explain to me in any Dumber way. Dumber than Wild Wild West? Oh, man. Like, the only reason it's better than Wild Wild West is because it has eye candy to look at. Like... I mean, it's, the plot, they literally think they kill their friend with a jawbreaker. And then they go the whole movie before she's not actually dead. What? Explain so, to me, right? Let's go. This is, your, this is your section. Oh, this is the hill I will stand and die on. But um, anyway, first of all, I'm a huge Judy Greer fan. Like, Love, 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 oh, love, yeah. love her. Oh, yeah. Was she Quirky, in this movie? Superstar, God love her. Um, John I, don't, Breaker, I, I don't remember Judy Greer in this movie. Oh, yeah. She played uh, the little upstart girl. Um, uh, she was Fern Mayo, uh, okay. the nerdy girl. But then she became like this new upstart popular girl in the movie. Okay. You're like, you literally, for a, for a moment, you're making me think I want to watch it again because I do love Judy Greer also. I do Dude, remember Rose McGowan, in... Rebecca Gayhart, Julie Benz, Judy Greer. Yeah. Like, Riley I remember Gabriel. the cast being gorgeous. Yeah. Tatiana Ali. Gayhart, you know, like, being the sweetheart of the film. Like, one of my favorite TV shows of all time is uh, Dead Like Me, and Rebecca Gayhart was in that, so gotta give love to that. Okay. But, um,. She was also in Urban Breaker. Legend, which it's the perfect time of the year to watch Urban Legend. 
Yes, that as well, 100%. Um, Jawbreaker, you just have to go into it and be like, this did not take home any Oscars this year, next year, the year before, a decade after, a decade before, none of that. Um, it's it's kind of heralded in the whole camp category as far as like the whole LGBTQ category goes. Okay. Like it's just ridiculous. It's over the top. It's unbelievable. It's far fetched. And you have to just kind of suck it up and accept it for the comedy that it is. It's it was like Mean Girls 1.0. Oh, okay. That's an interesting way to look yeah. at it. Yeah. Like, oh, it's man. not super smartly written, but it's featured in the very same kind of, like, construct, though. All right. Well, I I may – honestly, I had no idea that Judy Greer was in it. I didn't remember that at all. So I might give it a second viewing to see 21 years later how it holds up with me. And if I do and I hate it again, you're going to get a text from me. Game night, your place. We're watching on your out screen, outside screen. Oh, outside. Game okay. Up. All right. I'm down for that. I I can make that happen. I might have to pay for it, and that's going to make me mad too. But I'll make it happen. I may have it. Two dollars exactly. Yeah. Okay. Actually, quick story about Jawbreaker. So I used to work with this guy who was on house arrest, okay. and he got three hours a week to go out of the house and do like errands and stuff. He spent thirty minutes one week going through the $5 bin at Walmart to find the movie Jawbreaker to purchase and give to me. Oh my god, that's an amazing story. my heart because of that too. Dude, that's awesome. That is really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Alright, so I, I will put this out there. I will 100% watch Jawbreaker with you when we have game night at my house. We will make that happen outside. So the next movie that I can't believe got zero Razzies, because as much as I love this cast, Cheke Kirio. Matthew Lillard and Freddie Prince Jr. all did Wing Commander together in '99. How did Wing Commander not get nominated for anything? Like this should that, have been nominated before Star Wars. And it, agreed. This has a 10% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 25% audience score. Like Wing Commander is just all around Tara Saffron Burroughs. Like even even that cast could not save that crappy movie. I, I love the video game. Yeah, oh, video game's fine, but as far as movies in 1999 go, I 100% agree with you, Jason. This should have been nominated every time over Star Wars Episode One. Like, this... I like that you said even that cast, and you noted Matthew Lillard and yep. Freddie Fred Prince Jr. Yep. Like, yeah, th that's going to save a movie right there, sure. Uh, I mean, have you seen their works in the late 90s? They saved a lot of movies they were in. Uh, the House of Yes in 1997 with Freddie Prinze Jr. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, Matthew Lillard in 1998 did a movie called The Curve, which I absolutely love. Uh, Michael Varton and I believe Rebecca Gayhart was in that one also. SLC oh, okay. Punk, Shane loves yes, that one too. Yes, SLC. I dyed my hair blue. Mm. Uh, I've never seen that. I need to see SLC Punk. You definitely need to watch SLC Punk. It is. It's culty now, and it's more nostalgic than good now. Like it, it, it doesn't fit modern society so much the way it did back in 1999 but it 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 it's a it's a time capsule movie of that point in the world somewhere my brother is waking up in his sleep and yelling at me for not see, having seen SLC punk yet yeah you definitely need to watch that that movie is fantastic uh so the last one that i have for this category of how the hell was it not nominated 
for a Razzie involved one of my favorite actors from Scream, one of my favorite actors from Jerry Maguire, and Chill Factor was garbage. Also with a 10% critic score, a 30% audience score, which I think that's just a three with a zero after it. Like, this movie is one of the worst pieces of crap. I think it was like a September release that I was excited for because I like both of these actors, and this movie was terrible. Dude, Cuba Gooding Jr. has picked like five good movies in his career, and the rest of them are absolute shit. Like... Yeah, like I like I I think he has talent as an actor. Yeah, for sure. But I think it's very few and far between for that man. Like he did what was that? What was the one like cruise ship or whatever? Boat boat was, boat trip or whatever. Oh, dude, that like, was this guy just does not pick good movies. Well, and that yeah, was yeah. that was a movie that sat on the shelf for like three years before they released it. They they filmed it before Jerry Maguire. And then they only released it because he won the Oscar for Jerry Maguire. Yeah. Like, they uh, knew that movie was bad. He's, yeah, he's, he's so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he does, the movies that he's good in, he's, like, I know Radio is not a great movie, but he was really good in Radio. Uh, Men of Honor is also kind of just a blah movie, but I felt like he was really good at it for his character. Well, and I mean, you can, you know, you go back to the beginning of, um, oh my gosh, not Menace to Society, it was Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, like, he definitely, him and Jerry Maguire, Boys yep. in the Hood, and then you got, you know, but, like, you've got so many crap straight-to-DVD movies that he made. Oh, yeah. That, like, you're just like, how do you, like, uh, I I don't know. He's like he's like the Nick Cage for me. He's like Nick Cage for me. I don't know. I I'll feel you on that. How do you feel about uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Ryan? Um, Bless you. Highs and lows, peaks and valleys, like Jason said. Yeah. And there are a lot of actors that that are like that too. None that are coming to my head right now as I'm like racing to come up with some other examples. Sure. But I mean, there's some that like. I love, but then they give me these disappointing roles where it's like, man, come on, you're better than this. So, yeah, Cuba Gooding Cuba Jr. Gooding definitely Gooding doesn't Gooding. deliver all the time. When he hits, he hits, but. Mm. Uh, so, the 20th anniversary, the Razzies, those, those were all of my, these should have been nominated for Razzies category. Um, a special part of the 20th anniversary of the Razzies in 2000. They did uh, four categories that they don't normally do. So now we get to chat about those four categories to wrap this up. The first category was the worst actor of the century. And Sylvester Stallone ended up winning. He was up against Kevin Costner, uh, Prince, William Shatner, and Polly Shore. Do you... <laughs> I, I, I know Stallone's done a lot of crap, but I almost oh man i don't know like i oh, mm. who would you put I, that's the thing like i love kevin costner but he did do a lot of movies that i don't like but the movies that he did that i love i love like robin hood prince of thieves i love uh but i did not like the postman i did not like Waterworld. i was pretty bored with wyatt earp um but does that make him the worst of the century like 
Prince obviously and only did a one person in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, that could not be bothered to do a British act. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. He, he got he wasn't that it was he, it's not that he wasn't bothered they just hated his english accent so much that they told him to stop doing it is that really what oh, happened? That really happened oh yeah like if you read read up on it yeah like his he i didn't even know that to do one and they were like no oh. we're done we're done we're not even gonna try it anymore just stop oh wow <laughs> yeah i never even knew that that's crazy yeah. well i mean take the lion's share of the money please go ahead um, but I would, I would see that's like Stallone obviously made a lot more movies than Polly Shore. William Shatner was nominated for every Star Trek film he did, which I find to be a scapegoat. Like there are, there are some Star Wars or Star Trek movies that I actually really enjoy from the yeah. first six. So I don't, Shatner was, he was being Kirk. Like, I don't like he created the character and did it for so long. I don't feel like that's bad in any way. So I would not, and I would Tom not have voted for him. A very like minuscule amount of time as far as his Hollywood career went too. So for sure, he is dismissible. Prince, okay, okay. Prince, we, we, go ahead. Hold on for just a yeah. second. Carrie Elways was offered the role of Robin Hood in Robin Hood: Prince of Thieves, but turned it down because he thought the plot was too contrived. And he did, however, portray the character in the spoof Robin Hood Men in Tights. Alan Rickman turned down the role of the sheriff twice before he was told he would uh, was uh, turned that turned it down twice before he was told he could more or less have Hardy Blanche with his interpretation of the character. Oh, um, Christian Slater, who also did not have an English accent, might might I point that out to you, right? Oh, um, good point. Ad libbed Will Scarlet's line of "Fuck me," he cleared it after Robin <laughs> and Azim were catapulted. Alan okay. Rickman ad-libbed the lying the line about calling off Christmas. Okay. Um, nice. It, oh wow! I'm trying to see. I like. I could have sworn that I. I might be wrong. It was the second gr- biggest grossing film of '91 behind Terminator 2. Makes sense. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, and again, was, Prince of Thieves was another movie that had a great soundtrack because they gave us. Um, Brian Adams, Rod Stewart, and Sting all together. Uh, no, that was three most of tears. Yeah. Oh, it's just crap. Brian Adams. It's just Brian Adams. It's everything Brian I do. But it's be- That's right. It's because yeah, yeah. of everything I do, that they did the one for the yes. three Musketeers. That may- I, I got that confused. My fault. Uh, here it is. Rumor has it that Kevin Costner wanted to use an English accent, but Kevin Reynolds didn't want him to supposedly Costner would affect the accent when he was arguing with Reynolds but not when they were in a green supposedly Costner would affect the accent when he was arguing with Reynolds but not when they were in agreement that's weird I don't know what that means Costner claims that he was initially asked to use an accent and hired a dialect coach but this was stopped when he did it poorly interesting so, I never I believe that. it Johnny I Depp turned it. down the role of Will Scarlet Huh. I oh. bet he re- I bet he regrets that now. He can use all the royalties he can get right now. Okay. Uh so honestly, of the five that were nominated, I personally would have probably voted for Polly Shore, even though I love Encino Man and Biodome. I I mean Son in law? What's that? Son in law? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I love Son in Law. It's such a good movie too. 
Tiffany Amber Thiessen trying to break out from her Saved by the Bell days. Um, I mean, but Holly Shore and Hollywood was such a snapshot moment. It was so minuscule. I mean, come on. Yet he somehow uh, still built a career on it. But worst of the century, I mean, that doesn't deserve to be thrown in there. Yeah. Uh, but my thing, like, I mean, maybe I'm not enough of a Stallone connoisseur. Maybe I've only seen the, like, popular Stallone stuff. Like, maybe maybe he's done a lot of bad things that I just don't know. I, I just, Stallone's Stallone. Like, I, I know what to expect when he's in a movie. So... Yep. I'm not really sure. I, I, I'm I'm torn on the worst actor of the century with Stallone. Um, the worst actress of the century went to Madonna for Body of Evidence, Shanghai Surprise, which I've never heard of. Who's that girl? And she somehow beat out Elizabeth Berkley for Showgirls. She beat out Bo Derek for her entire career. Uh, she beat Brooke Shields, who had some pretty bad movies. And a actress I've literally never heard of in my entire life, Pia Zadora, who apparently, oh, yeah. who apparently did movies called Voyage of the Rock Aliens, Butterfly, Fake Out, and The Lonely Lady. The never only thing I know Pia Zadora from uh-huh. is, um, did you ever see the 1987 John Waters um, Hairspray? Yes, yeah, yeah. She was the hippie beatnik uh, uh the of the couple and it was her and Rick Ocasek of the cars. Oh, okay. And Pia Zadora was like the female of that. Which interesting. I mean, she was fine or whatever in that. Right. Never um, never would have known that. Go to Madonna. I mean she's not known or meant to be an actress. And granted this is taking it back years ago, twenty plus years ago, where we're judging these standards. Sure. Um I'd be curious to see who else other people throw in the mix, like outside of those five yeah. actresses. Man, same, like, as, same goes for the actors as well. Like as far as the past century went, like who were like other people outside of those five actors that you would throw in that category as well. Correct me if I'm wrong. Body of evidence, she gets naked in, right? I believe so. I never saw it. It, that's her and Willem Dafoe, right? I think that's right. That sounds right. I, yeah. I have not seen Body of Evidence, but I believe she gets naked in it. For all I know, and I've never seen Evita. I'm like, she peaked in A League of Their Own, so hey. Yeah, uh, what was it? She was in... Fantastic movie, by the way. Good, good job bringing yeah. that up. Yeah, she was great in A League of Their Own, and she was also... Wasn't she in um, Dick Tracy? Wasn't that Madonna? Held water. She treaded water in League of Their Own. Like, oh, that's great for Madonna. Yeah, uh, wasn't she in Dick Tracy also? Yeah, like, I like Dick Dick Tracy. uh, Yep. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know, like... And again, like, because... I mean, Brooke Shields growing up, I never really knew her as a a film actress. Uh, Obviously, the only thing I know Bo Derek from is 10. I haven't seen any of these other movies that were listed. Um, so I don't know, like, Worst Actress of the Century is tough for me, like, I feel like Madonna's done stuff that I like, so I couldn't put her in Worst Actress of the Century, like, I probably could have come up with somebody who's not even on this list that I just didn't like the stuff that they did. And for a century, they're judging pretty much only, like, 20 to 30 years past, so. Yeah. And for their, for their Worst Actress of the Century, they probably went back to, like, 1980 when they started to, like, start judging well no 
Because Bo Derek, no, the sixties and seventies is Bo Derek and yep. all of them go. You're right. A little further back, but so yeah, like Jason, do you have any actress that you would consider like as of ninety nine the worst actress? No, like yeah, just that's the one I should have thought. Anything. I should have thought more on this. Now you're being too nice. <laughs> oh, I'm just well, like. And... You know, back then, I I would say that I wasn't as aware as I am now. So, like, you know, for me personally, like, Brie Larson is somebody I just don't think is a good actress, and she keeps getting all these nice roles and makes lots of money, and she's in... And, you know, what's weird is I find her charismatic when she is not in a role, when she is just being herself. So, like, when she's on talk shows, um, she's got some kind of, like, Nissan commercial or something right now. I think she's just like adorable when she's being her, but the moment she tries to be an actress, like I feel like I'm watching a piece of wet wood, man. Like I am so bored, and I don't it's think that Kristen she's good Stewart at all. Kristen Stewart syndrome, 100. Ooh, I, and I'm right there with you. Like Kristen Stewart, like the only oh. things I've seen her in that. I can't think of very many things that I've seen Kristen Stewart in, and most of the time she is just there and nothing special, and most of the time really bad at acting. Um, but I have heard that there are good movies with her in it. I just haven't personally seen them. Adventureland, Adventureland, and In the Land of Women. Adventureland. I'll give you know what. In the land of women, I will give you that one. She's Adventureland, I feel like she is just the same as she's in everything else. And she is like, everything else in that movie is really good. And she's just like there. Oh, and man. It, it's fine because she's also, I don't think that character has a whole lot of substance to her personally. Okay. Um, so I'm fine with Kristen Stewart playing that role because there isn't much substance. But I don't, and I don't think like, and I don't think it hurts the movie, but for uh, like just overall, I just think she's just blah. Kristen Stewart was fine in the Panic Room. I liked the Panic Room a lot. She was fine in that movie, but a thousand other actresses could have played that role too. Yeah, like, and it's no, it's no shot on like, whatever. I mean, she's made a career out of what she's made a career out of. Like, I don't hold it against her that she was in the Twilight movies. I don't think that that's like her only ability just like i don't think it is with robert pattison either like i think i'm actually excited for the batman like um i think he was really good in tenant i think that i've seen i've seen him do other movies where i've really enjoyed it i can't hold his entire career hostage just because he decided to sign up for the twilight movies 15 years ago like i like I, so i know a lot of people who have issues with him because of those movies just alone robert so. robert pattinson is this generation's hayden christensen because hayden christensen got a lot of hate for the star wars movies but his movies that he did like life is a house or glass like hayden christensen's movies that aren't star wars he is phenomenal in as an actor but I think he's navigating it way better than Hayden Christensen did. Because oh, like, it, it seems like Robert Pattinson's like, fuck you, I'm going to do what I want to do and enjoy myself. Whereas maybe maybe Hayden Christensen did, wasn't that lucky. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I can see the similarities between the two as far as what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But I think that Robert Pattinson's going to be around a lot longer than Hayden Christensen ever was. 
Agreed. And, and I feel like Hayden Christensen is just kind of over it. Uh, I feel like Hayden Christensen is just kind of over it. Like, I feel like he's very selective on movies that he does now. Uh, See, does, he, does he still act? Uh, I believe so. I just don't think it's very often. I, I don't, I can't think of the last thing I saw him in, but I feel like his choices, I feel like his choices that he made after the Star Wars hate at least proved that he could, I mean, literally, like, he filmed Life as a House after Star Wars Episode 1, or I'm sorry, Episode 2, and it still came out before Episode 2, so you got to see Hayden Christensen be a phenomenal actor, and then you got to see him fail in Episode 2 with that poor script that he was given. Um, yeah, dude, he, he's, he made, like, after the... I will agree with you that he definitely is great in life as a house. Um, and Glass was Glass was a great movie. You mean Shattered Glass? Or Shattered Glass, yeah, sorry, thank you, yeah. Um, so looking at all the stuff he's doing now, it looks like this is mainly like straight to DVD or straight to Netflix or something. Oh, okay. So I haven't heard of any of these movies besides he, was, he, he got to do his voice again for Anakin Skywalker in episode nine. Um, that's oh, the, yeah. the last yep. thing that he really was a part of. Okay. Uh, the one thing I do want to go back and say, and I know this is a—it's uh, something that you and I disagree on a lot. Uh, I do really enjoy Brie Larson. I do find a lot of the movies she's in very good. Uh, I think Room is one of the best movies of the year that it came out. Um, I feel like she was a phenomenal uh, actress in that movie uh, with her and Jacob Tremblay. Uh, but then one of my all-time favorite movies is a movie called Short Term 12, I do have personal connections to the movie with friends that, that made both the short film and the actual theatrical film. But aside from that, that was the first time I'd ever seen Brie Larson act. And I felt like she carried the movie and made it just phenomenal. Um, maybe because of that movie and my personal connections to it that I, I give her a little bit more of a pass than some people do. But like her emotional acting balance in short term 12 is 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 the type of performance that i want to see from any actor or actress like uh and john gallagher jr is her boyfriend in the movie i feel like they they bounce their characters off of each other so well that that that's why i love that movie so much uh lakeith stanfield is in that movie and his character uh is absolutely amazing um, I'm drawing a blank on the girl's name who was in Justified, um, like the later seasons of Justified. She was the the little girl on Justified. She's in this movie. She is absolutely phenomenal. Um, so I know I know Jason and I don't agree on Brie Larson, but anybody listening, I highly recommend Short Term Twelve. Uh, it was on Netflix last time I checked, but I don't know if it's still there. Um. If you don't hate Brie Larson, definitely watch it. I think it is. I think it is her best performance she's ever given in any film. So All right. Going to for her. Uh, well, and again, it might be because of how much I loved her in in the first thing I ever saw her in. But like, I I tend to enjoy her performances, although none of them are as good as she is in Short Term Twelve. Um. Her wooden acting worked and uh, helped actually helped her as far as the character goes in uh, Captain Marvel, in my opinion. So, gotcha. But for the most part, yeah, I just I do not in, and and she's 
she's fine in some stuff like she was in just mercy and i thought yeah. she was good in that movie uh but and a like commercial uh, yeah but like just mercy at least she's playing a character and i don't dislike what she's doing but she's definitely a side she's the side character she's a supporting actress yeah. she's barely she's she doesn't have a whole lot going on so the whole movie's not reliant on her whereas like i watched uh what was the other one that she did glass house uh something about glass houses um uh, yes. woody harrelson plays her dad it's same yes. director as short term 12 and, yeah daniel dustin creighton yeah so he, um she like that movie i i was so bored man like and, just and I, I will be honest i haven't watched that one because the trailer looked boring to me the glass castle glass That's castle the there you go yeah and it gets a 7.1 on on imdb but here i am trashing this movie like it's an art, was... it's an art house film though so art house people will like something like that yeah. And that's the I same guess. thing with Short Term 12. Like Short Term 12 isn't a mainstream movie. That's why it never got a wide release. Like it was an art house release, but the the character driven aspect of Short Term 12 and the and the emotional beats that I feel that it hits both with its main characters and its supporting characters and how they interact, I just I cannot say enough about Short Term 12. I She was in 13 going on 30. I'm sure she was fantastic in that movie. <laughs> I, like I did that not movie, know that. actually <laughs> uh, that movie, that, that, that's one of those movies that like you just didn't expect i never expected to like 13 going on 30 it's jennifer garner and who's the guy uh mark ruffalo mark ruffalo and, yeah and it's one of those and it's a very silly like uh it's big but for girls and uh but it's magic and st well i mean it, i guess the other one was magic too yeah um she goes into the future only to come back to the past yeah um so that she can uh, essentially get her life right yep. but uh yeah she, that movie that movie's one of those weird ones where like i can watch that anytime it's on and and jennifer gardner's uh portrayal of being the young girl not knowing what the hell's going on in real life kind of yeah. thing or because she's so young compared to the body of her. The mind's so young compared to the so body did, of her. So did she play the young version of Jennifer Garner's character? No, she's no, one of oh. the girls. She's like one of the mean girls that's at the party. Oh, okay. I got you. So. All right. So we tangented off uh, from Madonna, but we're going to bring it back now to the worst picture of the decade. And the winner <laughs> was Showgirls. Of course it was. It was up against... An Alan Smithy film, Burn, Hollywood, Burn, which I've honestly never seen. However, in 1998, the year before, that movie won five Razzies. Uh, Hudson Hawk, in 1991, somehow earned three Razzies, which I love Hudson Hawk. I, I agree it's not a great movie, but I enjoy it as a guilty pleasure. Um, the Postman... That and, last, that and Last Action Hero has everybody's hatred. I love Last Action Hero. Schwarzenegger, I enjoy both of those Schwarzenegger and whatever that kid's name is. Who cares yeah, about the kid? Yeah, I can't remember the kid's <laughs> name. But, dude, I, 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 I have paid $5 to own Last Action Hero on my digital library. Like, I Too love much. that movie. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. It's $5. It's fine. Um, the Postman deservedly got five Razzies in 1997 because The Postman is garbage. 
Um, I know my friend Garrett loves the postman. I don't understand how he... Garrett, you're wrong. <laughs> he's supposedly going to, at some point, uh, deliver a thesis to me on why the postman's not as bad as I think it is. I think but... he's lying about that. Mm. It, it was on his guilty pleasures list when we did it, but... No, I just meant, like, I don't think he's ever going to give you an actual thesis. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> uh, and then Striptease in 1996 won six Razzies. However, Showgirls somehow came away with seven Razzies. I should have written down what they all were, but seven Razzies. We all saw in Showgirls. We know. Yeah. We know. We know what so it is. So Dude, the weird thing is, is like, yes, I agree that it's bad, but like, I don't hate the movie. Like, I like the cast. Kyle McLaughlin is awesome. He plays a complete prick in the movie, but I like Kyle <laughs> McLaughlin. What are you gonna say, Jason? I'm just going to say, anything that you're like, I kind of like it, and it's just, it's like, it doesn't deserve this hatred. Oh, no, no, no. Showgirls definitely deserves the hatred. Like, okay, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this question. If I were to tell you you have to pick one of these two movies, Showgirls or The Postman, to watch tonight, which one are you going to watch? I'm going to watch the titties. That's going to be the the honest-to-goodness truth. Exactly. So how and it's got Gina Gershon, which was like yep. my ni- late '90s, like older woman crush. So like, yeah. What, what like, was it like? Bound or something I, that she did in '98? I actually never seen Bound. Oh yeah, it's like, pretty. It's dude, pretty like, bad. Face like face off. Face off. Yep. There's there's a point in time where like he like grabs her and he's like, okay now, Sasha. Like he's Sasha, trying to yep. remember her name, and dude, she's got a look. She's got to look like, I want you to fuck me so hard right now when she looks right at him for the, <laughs> when he says that. And, and it's just that, I don't, I, maybe that's her best acting of all time. I don't know. Um, but like, I don't, yeah, she is, she is a absolute beauty to look at, especially in the late nineties. So uh, yeah, I have no problems. If, if those are my two choices, yep. Postman or Showgirls, I'm definitely going uh, boobies, and I'm definitely going Gina Gershon every time. Awesome. So by my logic, that means The Postman is a worse movie. Ryan, who is not swayed by boobies, if I were to offer you Showgirls or The Postman, which one would you watch? Um, I've never seen The Postman, but I will say that, like, you know me and I love my movie soundtracks. Oh, yeah? Uh, Showgirls did actually have a really, really, really good uh, soundtrack to it. I believe that. Stripper music. Go! Who can go wrong with stripper um, music? No, I mean, it's not even stripper music. I mean, it's like, if it is stripper music, it's like dark and mysterious and, oh, okay. you know, slightly industrial, like, has stripper music. So, I mean, like, the Showgirl soundtrack was actually pretty good. So, by default, for a love of, like, shit acting and good music, I'd have to go to Showgirls, I guess. Good, because I guarantee you there's not good music in the postman. It's a shitty score by somebody who is far overpaid, probably a big name actor, or I'm sorry, a big name composer. I'm probably on the right track, so hey. Yeah, for sure. Jason, uh, look it up as fast as you can. I want to know who composed the score for the postman. I will say, I will say it's one of the four big ones. But uh, probably not one of the big. Uh, Alan Silvestri will be my will be my guess. James Newton Howard. James Newton Howard. There we go. One of the other top four. Yep. 
So a big name guy. What's that? I I like how you just named him as the top four. I'm like, my top four would never include this guy. So really, big four probably didn't. Is another guy? No, uh, Michael Kamen did the X Men ones. Oh yeah, I wouldn't even put him in my top four. My top four probably. uh, Well, uh, Newton Howard does. Yeah, Newton Howard does the uh, the uh, Sixth Sense and Unbreakable. Like he did all of those movies. What, what year was Sixth Sense? That was 99, right? 99, yep. Okay, that was mm-hmm. not him. That was not James Newton Howard? No. Alright, well, uh, give, me, give me James Newton Howard in the late 90s. What did he do? Dang it, Shane. I was looking up somebody else. I got you. I want to know what James Newton Howard did in the late 90s. Like, why do I why do I think that he's a great composer? Ah. Alright, I got you, I got you. Hold on. All right, yeah. I am composer. Down into the into the late 90s, like, after 96. All right, you ready? Yep, let's do it. Uh, after, nine. well, hold on. In 95, 95 alone, he did Just Cause, Outbreak, French Kiss, Waterworld, uh, The Ooh. Juror, Primal Fear, The okay. Trigger Effect, Space Jam, One oh. Fine Day, Romeo and Michelle, uh-huh. Father's Day, my best friend's wedding, the devil's advocate, the postman, a perfect murder, runaway Ooh. bride, stir of echoes. Ah. I missed it. You were right. It was the sixth sense. The sixth. I thought it was James Newton Howard for the sixth sense. Wow. Uh, Mumford, snow falling on cedars. Uh, All ninety nine. Dinosaur, movies. unbreakable. Okay. Vertical so he did a limit. Disney movie. That's through two thousand. Okay. Keep going. So. Yeah, I got you. So I'm, I'm pretty sure James Newton Howard is like. I'm pretty sure he's. Um, Shyamalan's guy. Like, I'm pretty sure he does all Shyamalan films. So, yeah. So, uh, I would say I could think of some worse movies than Showgirls, but that's just because I am a uh, heterosexual male who likes to look at breasts, so Showgirls appeals to me. Then we have an actor who we've already talked about as the worst actor of the century category, and it might have been my vote for that. Maybe not. But we have uh, Polly Shore... One for the worst new star of the decade. He was up against Elizabeth Berkley for Showgirls, Ahmad Best for Star Wars Episode One, Sofia Coppola got hate for both Godfather Part Three and Star Wars Episode One, and finally, Dennis Rodman got notarized for Double Team and Simon Says. Don't shake no, your head about Double you. Team. Double Team Would- is good. Would you? Oh my God, Shane! Really, really? <laughs> so I like it. when you said Simon Says earlier, I seriously thought of Double Team, and that's why I was really confused when you were like Dan Cook. You know, I was like that doesn't make any sense. I okay. don't Dan Cook, and I was like, oh wait, no, he did a John Claude Van Damme movie, and then he did Simon then Says. He did Simon it's because Says. of yeah. the it's because of Double Team that he got the opportunity to do another movie. Yes, so. Possibly uh, the only two movies he ever made. I don't know if he made anything else. Oh, I'm sure he's got to have been in other things. You think so? so? Oh, yeah. All right. So, yeah. Uh, so, the worst new star of the decade. I mean, I, again, I have no Ahmad Best hate, so I can't vote for that. But, like, Polly Shore, uh, man, like, he he did some movies that I really like at that point, like Biodome and Encino Man. But then he, he did Jury act. Duty and In the Army Now. And son-in-law was good. You're right. Like, but oh man, he just made. But he doesn't. He doesn't. What's he up, doesn't. Ryan? 
if the Razzies this year had any foresight in the future, like I don't feel like Polly Shore would have won this award. He was terrible in the like mid nineties. I mean, he was not a good actor. Let's be honest. No, but going forward, you know, worst new actor of the decade or whatever it was. Like, I feel like Freddie Prince Jr. would have won that because he crept into the two thousands at least. So Polly Shore had an expiration date. Freddie Prince Jr. was like, eh, I'm going to take this a few years beyond. So, Hmm. We got to argue now. I know what you did last summer. She's all that. Let's not talk about Wing Commander. Shane, have you seen the movie The House of Yes? No, I have not. Okay, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Starring um, Parker Posey, but then also um, um, uh, Freddie Prince Jr. and Tori Spelling. Oh, Which sounds terrible, but they play idiots, so it's perfect. Okay. But, I mean, Freddie Prince Jr., I mean, let's face it, I mean... The dude has the range of playing um, a, a prom king and uh, Freddy from Scooby-Doo. That's it. That's his range. Oh, you know what? And I'll say he was not a good cast in Scooby-Doo. I'll give you that. Actually, so. I, I thought the whole cast in Scooby-Doo was really cool. Like, I, I actually enjoy those two movies. They're silly and ridiculous. But I will totally agree with you, Ryan. Freddie Prince Jr. does not have... He's got, he's got the acting range of a wet mop, dude. Like, it's just... It's not good. He's he's fine, and I actually think, like, I think he's charismatic, so his likability takes him to a level that Shane will, is, like, willing to overlook how bad of an actor he is, but I don't think he can act. Please, by all means, both of you, please go out and watch the movie The House of Yes. It was from 1997. It won awards from the Cannes Film Festival. It's like five five total actors in the movie, pretty much. Okay. And it's taken off the stage play, but the banter, the scripting is so good. It's Parker Posey's best role ever. Okay. I mean, you know, she's Ooh, kind of I like Parker Posey too. Like, I love her to death, and she's pigeonholed and playing like a flippy neurotic kind of part. Sure. And she does she excels in it. But please, by all means, watch this movie. But Freddie Prince right. Jr. is in this movie, and he plays a moron. And he kills it. Nice. Uh, and you know, I I love me some Sarah Michelle Geller and the fact that that guy got to marry her and help her bear children is is awesome. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, dude, he's I, and I think I he's. What was that? I said I pray they're not homeschooled, but go on. <laughs> but I but I really believe that like. He seems like a guy I would want to hang out with and like, have sure. beers with. Yeah, but I don't think I'm that. He, yeah, I, I would totally not find him. I would if somebody was like great actors, he would never, <laughs> never get anywhere near the top of that list. What so. if it was a great teen actors of the late '90s category? Would he fall in there? No, no. Mm, okay, mm-hmm. all right. I mean, notable, yes. Great, no. That's a would good you, way to put it. Would you say Matthew Lillard is a better actor than Freddie Prince Jr.? What's that? Matthew Lillard plays the same character in almost every movie I've ever watched. Okay. Would Which, you say, I think Would you say Skeet yeah. Ulrich is a better actor than <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr.? 
we we don't have to go through every single scream. I know what you did last summer, uh, an actor. Would you say saying. Ryan Felipe is a better actor <laughs> than Freddie Prince Jr.? Ryan Felipe yeah, is definitely yeah. the best out of those <laughs> yeah. options. All I'm right. Of, as far as actresses go, I want more of Lily Sobieski. Okay. I like that. Uh, I love uh, of an era. I mean, like, there's something timeless, but of the late '90s about her, like, I want uh, more out of her. Uh, Chris Klein and uh, Josh Hartnett and her uh, here on Earth, now on Earth, here on Earth, something like that. Like, uh, I think it was in t- like March of 2000. Like, I I love that movie. Bruce Bruce Greenwood's in it. Uh, yeah, it's here on Earth, and that's a uh, it's a Nicholas Sparks movie. Oh, is it really? That makes so much sense. Hmm. I did not I, know that was that. Nicholas if it's Sparks. Not a Nicholas Sparks movie. It should be a Nicholas Sparks movie. Oh, for, yeah, for sure. Like as soon as you said, like I wouldn't even argue that. Like knowing the plot and how it ends, like that's definitely how Nicholas Sparks writes movies. Uh, I'm looking it up for us right now. Cool. Well, while you're doing that, I'm going to jump to our last slide of the night. It is uh, preparations for next week. Next week is uh, episode 20. We, uh, in theory, are going to make it 20 episodes, which is awesome. Uh, I've had awesome guest stars and so many good friends on here to put up hours upon hours of talking about movies, and it makes me so happy. Uh, For episode 20, we're going to look at uh, the year 2020, and uh, it's going to be called Cinema Lockdown 2020. Um... A lot of movies did not make it to the theaters this year. A lot of movies went straight to VOD or went straight to just buying them or they just got released on uh, Hulu or Netflix or Disney+. Plus. Um, so we're going to kind of take a take a look at those movies that were supposed to get theatrical releases that didn't. Uh, we're going to look at the movies that came out in theaters for a short period of time and then went uh, pretty high-priced online to buy them immediately. Um, I'm really curious about what my friend's were willing to pay for what they watched, whether they paid for it or not. Um, and just kind of get a, get a, a feeling for how people feel, feel about at home entertainment versus cinema entertainment. And Jason is laughing. Share with the audience. Rotten Tomatoes says the only real surprise we're talking about here on earth. Okay. The only real surprise during the entire movie is that Nicholas Sparks's name is nowhere to be found. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a Nicholas Sparks story. Well, that was my fault. My fault. Oh, okay. I, I just assumed it was sure. a Nicholas Sparks movie. And you're right for doing so. Yeah, as soon as you told me that, I wasn't going to argue it. Like that, that seemed logical for that movie. Uh, so that's funny. Uh, but next week we're going to be looking at movies like, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, The Invisible Man, uh, and The Way Back that got theatrical releases for a week or two and then went for, you know, pay $20 to rent it at home. Uh, movies like Onward that went straight to Disney Plus, uh, and Hamilton, Hamilton that got bumped up by a year and a half to release on Disney Plus. Um, that was kind of weird. Uh, you got movies like uh, Trolls World Tour, which was the first one to say we're just going straight to pay for us. Don't 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 give away the whole episode, Shane. Okay. Uh, <laughs> there's there's some more movies that you can see on the slide, so let's not look at that right now. But uh, anyway, uh, Ryan and Jason, 
we got to talk about 1999, my favorite year. We got to make fun of a lot of movies and talk about bad movies. We tangented off into some good movies and good actors and bad actors and good actresses and bad actresses. And we got to share our opinions on those. I had a blast tonight talking. I was really excited all day for this conversation. Thank you guys so much Thank for being a part of it. Thank you. Uh, all right. And so we'll be back next week with Cinema Lockdown 2020. If you're a member of the Facebook group, go on there and vote for the stuff that you watched during lockdown. Uh, make comments. Tell me what, what you felt about watching stuff at home if it was worth your money, or if you were upset that you spent money on something. Uh, anyway, we will see you guys next week. Thank you very much.